You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, Lacrosse is at it again with a new line of lace-up hunting boots, the Navigator Series. And in that Navigator Series, there are two models. There's the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. To find out more information about this new Navigator Series, visit lacrossefootwear.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast, the number one source for hunting and fishing information, strategy and tactics, as well as conversations surrounding conservation efforts and other outdoor activities in the great state of Iowa. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and this episode of the Iowa Sportsman Podcast starts right now. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Iowa Sportsman Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking with returning guest Todd Reed about fishing for smallmouth, especially in warm weather. Uh, We've just come off a really hot spell here in Iowa. Luckily, that's kind of cooled down, but August can bring just about anything to the table as far as weather is concerned, and uh, I am a huge fan of fishing for smallmouth bass. So I'm uh, excited about this podcast. I uh, talked with Todd today about just the different varieties of lures to throw, where to locate them. Um, should we look in heavy current? Should we look in you know medium current? Should we look in the backwaters? We talk a little bit about everything and uh, Todd is very knowledgeable about fishing in general and he gives us some great pointers here about you know where to look for the smallmouth bass and if you have never fished for smallmouth bass specifically i'm telling you right now it's my favorite fish to catch for a reason and like i mentioned in the podcast i I call them the bicep of the river because any fish even if it's like a one pound fish it feels like it's five pounds right i mean it is just a fighter of a fish aggressive strikes and and uh it's just one of those fish that i love catching so uh hopefully you guys find this podcast knowledgeable and uh, you take something away from it because i'm going to be using some of what i learned from todd in this podcast in a couple weeks when i finally get to the river to go fishing Uh, i'm jacked about that so uh hopefully i can uh, use some of the information that he shared with us today and snag a couple smallies myself but before we get into today's podcast, I got to talk a little bit about Bondurant Custom Furniture. If you haven't been to their website, BondurantCustomFurniture.com, you need to check out their selection of custom furniture. It's just what the name of the company implies, right? They take these old whiskey barrels that uh, whiskey manufacturers don't use anymore and they turn them into customized furniture and artwork pieces right if you go to the bondurantcustomfurniture.com go to their website click on their gallery and take a look at all of the different pieces that they make they also do custom work that's necessarily not whiskey barrel based uh, furniture and uh, I'm telling you what it's some pretty awesome stuff Uh, go check it out bondurantcustomfurniture.com let's get into today's warm weather smallmouth fishing tactics with todd reed todd reed how the hell are you hey doing good doing good awesome well you just came off of a fishing tournament recently right 
UPS just this past weekend. I was on the Mississippi River. Yep, and how'd that uh, turn out for you? Um, of course, not as good as I was hoping. You know, I always, yeah. always want to win, but uh, we placed uh, seventh out of uh, 17 teams. Right. Just, uh, we needed one bigger fish to get rid of a small one, and we would have been right in the money. So right. that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, that's a fact. How's that uh, tournament work? Is that a, a, a five-fish live well per person? Um, this, this is a team event. So it was uh, myself and my um, tournament partner, Brian Bowles, and you basically go out all day. You keep your five biggest um, bass in a live well keep them alive all day, bring them in, weigh them in on scale, and then you're just, you know, ranked out against all the other teams at the tournament. Right. Um, so this event, you kind of work together as a team. You know, that way you can use different baits and, and you know, try to really figure out those fish and yeah. get your five keepers. Yeah, absolutely. What what won the tournament? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, there was a, uh, a couple of younger guys. They had just over 20 pounds. Wow. Um, all, all largemouth. Yeah, they were really on the really big fish. All of them looked about the about the same. They're all brothers, I think. So, yeah, yeah, they had an unbelievable bag. People were just astonished. So that's a that's a average of over four pounds, huh? Yeah, yeah, wow. they had some giant fish. And giant. correct me if I'm wrong. That's some pr- that like a four pound bass on the Mississippi River is pretty good. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. It, it's really rare. Yeah. Cool. Well. Um, do you do a lot of tournaments? Um, yeah. Um, years ago, um, you know, I started when I was 18. Back then, you had to be 18 to enter any tournament. And right when I was 18, that, that spring, I entered my first tournament. Um, that was a long time ago. That was, let's see, like 90s or mid-90s. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing tournaments ever since then. And um, I don't do as many um, in the last couple of years as I did in the past, just with family and, and, you know, work and business and stuff like that. But, um, I try to pick out a few, you know, at least one, one a month, sometimes two a month. And, um, it just gives me a good way to kind of test myself against the others. Right. Um, to see, you know, if I can come up with the same size fish as, as the other guys out there looking at it. Yeah. So. Where, uh, where was that tournament based out of? Uh, Lansing, Iowa, pool nine. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And then the pool to the south of it's pool 10, right? Correct. Correct. Um, yep. Towns like Marquette. Um, Harper's Ferry. Prairie, uh, Harper's Ferry is on the north side. Prairie de Chine is right in the middle on the Wisconsin side. Yeah. Um, a lot of people call it the prairie pool. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, a lot of a lot of ramps on that side and, and most of the uh, motels and things like that, too. So. Right. Yeah. That's where I, most of my Mississippi fishing experience is out of pool 10, but I have gone up to uh pool uh nine before out of lansing and man there's a lot of backwater on that up there yes um the two pools are very very different yeah um in my mind um a lot more main channel stuff on pool 10 to hit um whereas like you mentioned um, pool nine has just a vast amount of backwaters flues yeah. uh, and running flues and yeah just a huge amount of you know ten thousand acres of backwater which yeah. kind of blows people's minds um but really that's what you're looking at when you're when you're looking at pool nine a yeah. lot of backwater areas right right 
So kind of transitioning here away from, you know, you went out looking for largemouth. Uh, you wrote an article for the Iowa Sportsman um, that was about hot weather smallies. And I will tell you right now that smallmouth bass are my favorite fish to catch, right? I, I've given them the nickname, like the bicep of the river, because <laughs> I, I, no matter how, how big they are, actually, it always feels like you got a five pounder on every time you're like, I got one, I got one, you know, and I get jacked. I don't know why I just get jacked up about smallmouth, And, um, that's kind of what, what I want to talk to you about today is that article and talk about smallmouth uh, specifically. Now, when you wrote this article, were you specifically talking about like river fishing or lake fishing? Yeah, pretty much, you know, when I think of smallmouth, when most people think smallmouth, they think of the interior rivers around the state, yeah. you know, the cedar, the skunk, um, the wapsie, uh, just the the whole bracket of smaller rivers that go throughout the state, full of smallmouth bass. And then, of course, the Mississippi River yeah. um, as well, especially the upper pools um, from basically Dubuque North uh, would have good populations of smallmouth in it. Not to say that there's smallmouth south of that, because there are, but typically they're considered more of the largemouth uh, pools of the Mississippi. But the upper Mississippi here in Iowa, pool 9, 10, 11, a huge population of smallmouth bass. So uh, pretty much focused on, you know, the rivers being the upper Mississippi here in Iowa and then all the interior rivers uh, that the state has to offer as well. Gotcha. Do you know of any places in the state of Iowa as far as a, a lake is concerned that has a good population of smallmouth? Um, two to come to mind right away would be um, Okaboji, West Lake Okaboji, right. and then Spirit Lake. Gotcha. <clears throat> up in that up in that same area. Um, both have big populations of smallmouth. Um, I fished Okaboji several times um, for smallies, and it didn't disappoint. It, yeah. uh it has a lot of numbers. It's got a lot of those, you know, 14 to 15 inch fish. And it's got some true giants too. And then you can go up there and you can legitimately get a 20 inch smallmouth um, if you work at it at certain times of the year. Yeah. What's a 20 incher weigh? Oh, you know, it, it obviously time of year is going to play um, into that factor. But, you know, it, it's going to be right around that four pound magical smallmouth mark, you know, yeah. which is extremely rare for the state of Iowa. Extremely yeah. rare. Yeah. I got into a good one on the Mississippi. Oh man, this was a handful of years ago. I, it was hovering right over four pounds. Um, it was like 4.1 is what the scale said. And oh man, I'll, I'll, I will remember that moment for probably the rest of my life. Just as much as I oh, remember sure. any, any whitetail hunt I've ever been on. For sure. I mean, they, like you mentioned earlier, the fight that yeah. they put up and some of the, the vicious strikes they come up with, the smallmouth bass, and, you know, and that's why people chase them. Um, the, the, the strikes that they can give you, and then the fight is just a pure adrenaline rush, that's like right. no other fish. That's right. I love it. All right, so we just came off um, <clears throat> last week and or the previous week, like a really hot, humid, um, you know, couple weeks there where it's just unbearable to be outside but if you're going to gut it out and you're going to go fishing um what are these what are these fish doing what are these smallmouth doing let's say on the mississippi when it's really hot outside 
when it's hot, I mean, of course, the water the water temperature increases, you know, and that goes into kind of the science of, of fish. So their body increases, you know, their temperature increases. So as their temperature increases, their metabolism increases. So they have to eat more in order to live. So with that, um, you know, the hotter the weather, the hotter the water, the more that fish needs to eat. So on the Mississippi River, um, you're going to be looking at areas with a lot of current. And during this time of year, you can't have too much current if you're looking for snow melt. Um, we looked in a few areas last, this past weekend. We we didn't find them. Um, find the bigger ones. We found plenty of, you know, that 12 to 15 inch range. But in a tournament, those aren't going to really do you much good. Right. Um, a large mouth is going to weigh more than a small mouth. So. We ended up focusing on largemouth for this particular weekend. But the areas that we were fishing, I mean, the current was just blowing. Um, just to put this into mind of listeners, I've got a 19-foot bass boat, um, a 36-volt trolling motor with 112-pound thrust on it, and I had to have it in 7 or 8 just to move forward in the current. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea of, of the current that, that we were trying to stick into to get these smallmouths. And they were feeding like crazy. Um, again, we, we didn't find the bigger ones, but, um, you know, those 14, 15 inches, they are in there and they are feeding. Yeah. And a lot of times your the strike, your line will just jump, you know, and you set the hook and they're just not there. You, you throw right back in there again, your line will jump. And then boom, they're on at that time. You know, they just they just go in a feeding frenzy almost. It's almost like they just charge at the bait, and their mouth might not even be open. You know, they're right. just trying to kill it or stun it, and then they come back for it, and they they nail it the second time or third time. Uh, you might catch that fish, or it could be a, a little school of them too. Right. We found we found one area where uh, the current was coming over like a little wing dam area. Uh, it was still probably four or five foot underneath the water. Um, you know, so it's got a little scour hole. It's got some current flowing over, and we bumped that little rock um, abutment there. And you know, every other time we'd get a hit or a fish, and they were just stacked in there. There was something just right about that current coming over that that line of rocks. Those fish were just piled in there, feeding on uh, you know some crawdads, um, and it, it was a blast. Again, yeah. not the right size of fish, but. I mean, when they hit that bait, it is just unbelievable. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, w- when you say current, you know, a lot. sometimes fish will sit just outside of a, a current and they'll watch the food go by. They'll pop into the current, come out, and then just kind of wait there for a little bit until they see something, then pop in and grab it. Are, are these smallmouth in this hot weather sitting in this current all day long, this heavy current, or are they finding, I guess, eddies in the water to, I don't know, not, not have to, to fight it as much. Right. And I, I believe, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of articles out there and, and, um, you know, beliefs, but I truly believe during this time of year, most of those smallies live in that current. They might not be in the heaviest, heaviest current at that time, but like you said, they'll, they'll find a rock to hide under. There is underwater eddies on any any river flow at all. If you have just a little point of a rock coming out, um, a wing dam, like I mentioned, 
um, any type of rock reef out there in these rivers, there's going to be certain eddies. There's eddies in front of those rocks where the current hits it first. There's eddies behind those rocks where the water kind of goes over and it kind of circulates back towards the rock structure. So those fish find those little pockets where the current is it's still there, but it's mild. And then it gives them that ambush point. So they can they can sit there for maybe, you know, obviously I have no idea for sure, but in my mind, they could sit there for 15, 20 minutes waiting for minnows to come by, a shad to come by. Oh, there's, there's a crawdad. I'm going to get that right now. And they can sit in those little eddies and pockets and just wait for that bait to come. And that's why they love the current, because the current will bring food to them all day long. Yeah. Yeah. So you said wing dams, right, is where you were catching them mm-hmm. a couple week, uh this last weekend. Are there mm-hmm. any other places, let's say you're fishing a wing dam, they're not there. Uh, what's your next spot if you're specifically looking for smallmouth? Well, on, on the big river, um, you know, it, it's a mystery. It, it's still a mystery to me. Um, it, it just, they're so nomadic um, that, you know, they could be off that wing dam right now, but you might come back three hours later and you might catch 10 fish. Yeah. Um, so they, they move in and out. They, they may have certain feeding times or again, when the bait's around, they're going to, they're going to be active. They're going to be moving. They're going to be looking for baits. You know, they might come out and hit a crankbait or a swim gig. Um, if they're not so active, you might have to throw something a little slower at them, but you, you just got to kind of keep moving. Like I said, the, the area that we caught most of our smallies on last weekend, um, this rock structure was about three, four at times, five foot underneath the water. So, I mean, it was fairly shallow because the river is high at this time. Um, it's a shallow, rocky area, but it had that current flow. And, you know, there were plenty of minerals around. We could see them chasing them. And, you know, you just you just have to keep looking. You know, every yeah. wing dam is different. You know, if you don't catch them on this wing dam, that doesn't mean, you know, a quarter mile up the river, the next wing dam is going to be bad. Yeah. And that's the hard part about smallmouth. You can literally get lost and lose a day chasing them down and at the end of the day think holy cow where'd those eight hours go yeah um because they're moving they're moving and you're just literally trying to chase them down and you know when it's your day and you you've got the right bait and the right line of current you're going to have a day you'll never forget yeah so let's talk about time of day because whenever i go out with my father-in-law we start off with sometimes depending on you know, a lot depends on, like you said, where the fish are, but we'll start off with some topwater, uh, crank or some topwater baits to, I guess, get the party started, so to speak. Do you ever, mm-hmm. do you ever, uh, try to catch them on some topwater? Yeah. Smallies love topwater. Um, they will hit topwater every hour of the day, actually. Um, they're a very sight oriented fish. So if they see something, they're, they're going to go check it out. They're going to go look at it. Whereas a largemouth, they're going, sure, they hit top water too, but they're more likely to kind of let that bait come to them. Whereas a smallmouth will really search it out. Yeah. And smallmouth will hit top water all day long. Uh, bright, sunny day. Um, they could come up in that, again, current. You know, if a minnow or a shad is struggling, you know, they're going to float to the top. You know, we've all seen this in the rivers that we fish. Well, you know, if, if they're seeing, natural things doing that 
throughout the day, then yeah, they're going to come up and hit a, uh, you know, a buzz bait or a pop bar uh, type bait. I like throwing uh, skimmer baits that just kind of walk on top of the water uh, for smallmouth. You can feed them up, you can slow them down, uh, you can cover quite a bit of water with them, and uh, they love them. You know, they look like an injured minnow, and they'll come up and, and smash them. Yeah. Um, again, some days, if you're not in that first hour of sunlight, then the top water done for the day. Other days, they may hit it all day long. Yeah. You know, it's very, they are very, very picky. You know, not like the largemouth where, you know, if you go out on a place and you know there's largemouth around and you throw a spinnerbait and you throw a jig, you're going to catch some largemouth on one of those baits. Whereas with a smallie, you know, you can take a, a tube is one of my favorite um, ways to catch smallmouth bass. I love tubes, you know. And then, like I said, like a skimmer bait, a walking bait. And those are like two of my favorite baits to fish for. And, you know, some days they don't want that at all. They don't want either one of them. You know, maybe yeah. they want a crankbait. Um, so they're, they can be very picky. you got to go through your tackle box if you're chasing down smallmouth. Um, and, and colors can be, a, can be an issue, too. Uh, sometimes they want the most natural green pumpkin brown type baits um, that you have in your in your box. Other times it's all about shad color. You know the the white swim jigs or the white tubes, white uh, buzz baits, spinner baits, uh, crank baits, that type of thing. Now you you really have to get all your tools ready if you're gonna chase down smallmouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the more I hear you talk about this, the more fired up I'm getting, because I know that in uh, a week and a half, I'm heading up to Lansing actually to, mm-hmm. to do some fishing with my father-in-law. So I'm, I'm starting to get fired up about this now. That should be good timing for you. Dan. Yeah. Really good. So other than, you know, the topwater, uh, baits and is there any other locations, uh, that we need to check? Let's say, you know. We all, you know, we've already talked about smallies being a, a current fish, but is there a time where they go and seek out less current or do something crazy and they're in the, the you know, in the main channel or anything like that? Um, yeah, one other area I've caught uh, several smallmouth on the big river would be, I, I call them current sloughs, which the definition of a slough is it's dead water. It used to be an arm of the river, but now it's dead. Yeah. Um, you know, it's at the dead end. But a lot of sloughs up on the Mississippi, especially, um, you know, 9 and 10, they set up with a lot of current in them at certain levels of the water. Now, right now, up on, on the pools, they're both high, so you got current flowing through everything. Now, in a couple of weeks, you're going to have some sloughs that are dead ends, and you're going to have some sloughs with current coming down them. Some sloughs will have a little bit of current, and some will have a lot of current. And I'm talking off the main channel. Right. Um you know, you could be a mile off the main channel and still have a lot of current. Those are going to be the best during your summertime. Like in the next couple of weeks, as this river starts dropping, those smallmouth may get out of the regular main channel current and actually go to the back running sloughs, as I call them, or current sloughs, and actually see more current back there because it's funneled into a smaller area. This area I'm talking about might be only, you know, double the width of, a standard boat, yeah. um, very small channels, but the current is just rolling through their heart. And most of these will be filled with weed. Um, smallies love weeds too. And I haven't mentioned that yet, uh, this morning, but they love eelgrass, uh, coontail, 
uh, is another one that, that grows around that current, uh, those current flus. And they will sit up in that, in those weeds and use those as an ambush point for anything coming down that, uh, down that current, you know, whether it's a chat or minnow or, or, uh, if it's mud, wherever there's mud on the Mississippi, there's going to be crawdads. There may not be a rock for a mile around. Everybody thinks they're crawdads, they live in rocks. Well, they live in mud. You could be out in the middle of nowhere and your life will be filled with crawdads at the end of the tournament yeah. <laughs> because those fish are eating crawdads out of that mud flat that has a bunch of weeds on Yeah. Uh, for example. But yeah, those back current sloughs um, will start having more and more smallmouth in them as the river drops yeah. because the water will clean up. It, if it's got current on the Mississippi, there's going to be bait there. Uh, and there's always crawdads around. So definitely look for uh, grass points, you know, grass little pockets. Grass can even form like little eddies. You know, and you wouldn't think, you know, a grass bank, um, you know, if eel grass or whether it's wild rice or canary grass or whatever, it, it can form eddies. And again, that's just like a main channel eddy. Those smallies will just kind of live in there. They'll come out in the current, they'll eat. And they'll go back in the eddy and, and kind of chill out. And they'll come out in the current, they'll eat. Um, it, it's it's a magical place up there. But um, weeds is definitely a place that smallies love. Points and little eddies and pockets as long as there's current available. Yeah. Okay. So when you're when you're trying to throw into some weeds, right? I just have nightmares of there's times when the Mississippi River gets real weedy, right? And every cast is you're reeling something almost to the point where you just get pissed, right? Yeah. What are you what are you throwing in a weedy scenario? Um that the best things I found, uh, you know, crankbaits, they're out. Chatterbaits, they're out. You know, even spinnerbaits, they're out. Uh, you get that eel grass tangled up and, you know, you're wasting your cast. <clears throat> you know, then like you said, you, you're kind of wasting an hour. So the best the best thing to throw in those situations, I would say, would be a, a pegged Texas rig tube or a swim jig, which for people listening today, if you haven't learned how to throw a swim jig, um, you're missing out on a lot of fish. It's so versatile. You can fish it around weeds. It does not hang up. Um, like regular jigs would. Um, most of the heads are specifically designed for moving through grass. Um, and then the, the two bait, you know, just kind of slides in between grass. It's weedless. Those two are my, my first option uh, if I'm around a lot of weeds. Gotcha. Gotcha. Any specific color in the weeds? <clears throat> um, you know, again, sometimes it's going to be um, chad color. If the water's a little dirty, then... Um, you know, change that swim jig to like a black uh, with some blue or black and, you know, whatever your favorite color may be. Um, so either kind of white or black around weeds. And then two baits, same thing. You know, I have a, a river minnow tube that I love to throw. Um, it looks just like a river minnow. That's why it was named that. Um, and then, you know, the green pumpkins are always good for smallies too. Yeah. Uh, something with a little orange in it uh, to kind of, look like those little crawdads running around in the mud uh, down where those weeds are growing too. Uh, looks well. Again, you got to change it up. Um, there's no there's no secret bait at any certain time in my mind. I think it can change at any second. That's why you have to be ready to either tie something new on or have another pole ready to go and and keep searching for those smallies. Yeah. 
Now, is there anything you should never do when trying to fish for smallmouth? You should never fish where there's no current. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. They're, they're always going to be around current. I mean, other than that, I mean, you can catch them on any type of bait. Uh, as anglers, we all get kind of caught up sometimes. Oh, you have to use this right. to catch a fish. And, you know, it, maybe some days, sure, that was the best bait. But tomorrow, that bait might not even work. Yeah. Uh, you might not even get a bite on it. Um, so, yeah, if, if you're after smallies, you have to be around current, especially during the dog days of summer right now. I mean, water temps in the 80s, uh, that current's going to be cooler for them. It's going to have the bait. Um so yeah, if you're in current, you're going to be good. If you're looking for smallies, you got to stay out of the out of the dead water. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that was a real informative, real quick podcast, man. Uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and and uh, chat with us today. And uh, good luck on the water. All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. That brings us to the end of another Iowa Sportsman podcast, man. Huge shout out to Todd. Thank you very much for hopping on and chatting with us about Smallies today. Huge shout out to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen to the Iowa Sportsman podcast, man. We really appreciate it. If you haven't already, go to iowasportsman.com. Check out all the content that's there, and you can also get the Iowa Sportsman magazine there as well. Uh, Subscribe to that. So not only are you getting a ton of great information on the podcast, you're getting a ton of great information from the magazine and the website as well. Uh, Lots of awesome things uh, that you guys can read up, whether it's hunting, fishing, or just conservation and other outdoor activities uh, they you know we cover it all so um, be sure to check that out other than that huge thanks to our partner Bondurant Custom Furniture and hopefully everybody has a great weekend everybody gets out maybe gets to uh, get a line wet this weekend or or in the upcoming weeks and uh, we'll talk to you next week